Welcome to the Risk Jockeys, a podcast about risk and risk management in nonprofit organizations. I'm Melanie Herman, Executive Director of the Nonprofit Risk Management Center, or NRMC. And I'm Derek Seimer, Principal and Director of Nonprofits at AHT Insurance. Melanie and I are delighted to be your hosts for the Risk Jockeys. During each podcast, we'll explore a risk management topic we believe is relevant to leaders in nonprofit organizations. Today's topic is risk lessons from the silver screen. And during this episode, we'll share some risk lessons from five of our favorite films. So Melanie, I know that you are a huge movie buff and you'll have some great films to discuss. And I do have one good one in mind as well. But why don't you get started with a favorite film that happens to have a risk message or theme? Happy to do that. So I want to start with Forrest Gump, which of course is a film about the penultimate optimist. So Forrest faces incredible obstacles throughout his life, but in facing those obstacles, he winds up with a front row seat to history. Life was like a box of chocolates is probably the most memorable line from the film. But the message has great value for risk professionals. It's always easier to see the downsides when something doesn't go as we hoped it would. And in most cases, giving up is the path of least resistance. But resilience is so much more important than good luck in a mission-driven organization. Why? Because there's no formula or plan we can use to ensure that things turn out according to plan, strategic or otherwise. Being able to see the opportunity behind the setback is really what separates a mission that thrives and survives from one that fizzles. Okay, Forrest Gump, we're off to a good start. Melanie, you're on a roll. Why don't you give us a second one? Sure. So the next movie I want to talk about is called Defending Your Life. It's a romantic comedy from 1991 that was written by, directed by, and stars Albert Brooks. Defending Your Life is about a man named Daniel who dies and arrives in Judgment City. It's basically a waiting area where his life on Earth will be judged. Daniel learns after arriving from his appointed defense attorney that being ruled by fear prevents earthlings from experiencing more of what the universe has to offer. In Judgment City, a court must determine if Daniel has conquered his fears and if he's ready to move on. If he doesn't prove to the court that he's conquered fear, his soul will be reincarnated on Earth to live another life facing fear. I love defending your life on so many levels. There are laugh-out-loud moments, and for me, the idea of being judged by your behavior in a series of random video clips is a bit unsettling. Yeah, that does sound unsettling, and having your life played out in front of a court, yikes. <laughs> Absolutely. And for me, it wasn't hard to sympathize with Daniel, whose worst moments are caught on tape and replayed at his Judgment City trial. I saw this film many years before I became a risk professional, but as I reflect back on the plot, I think there are a couple of great lessons. The first is a reminder that many leaders let fear get in the way of the mission of their organizations, whether it's fear of being sued, fear of negative publicity, and even fear that funders won't be forgiving and understanding when things don't turn out as we hoped they would. So the upshot of all this fear is that there's an incentive to be risk averse and also to err on the side of showing only that shiny exterior of our missions and not the reality of the plans that never came together, the projects that failed, and the faces of unhappy stakeholders. Defending Your Life is a film that reminds us to put courage ahead of fear. 
another risk lesson from this film is that it's never too late to change your mind. In my experience, the, the best nonprofit sector leaders fess up when they mess up and acknowledge that mistakes are actually fertile ground for learning. In the film, Daniel realizes at just the right moment that taking a huge risk to be with the woman he loves is worth more than anything. Well, it sounds like a great film, Melanie. And I like that quote, fess up when you mess up. That's really good. And I have to fess up that I don't know movies quite like you do. Well, that's okay. I've actually seen a few movies over the years that feature insurance professionals. And so I was wondering, since you're an insurance professional, maybe you could share a film with a, where the protagonist or the lead is working in the insurance business. Absolutely. Uh, now, my movie's a little bit more recent. It's from 2011, and it's called Cedar Rapids. And believe it or not, it's a movie about insurance professionals who go to a convention. Fancy that. Yeah, and the lead actor is Ed Helms, who's probably familiar to many people from the TV series The Office. You know, Ed plays Andy Bernard in that show. Uh, and he also starred in a number of other films, including The Hangover. Uh, in Cedar Rapids, Ed Helms plays an insurance salesman named Tim Lipp. And he's an insurance guy from Wisconsin, a small town. And he gets his first opportunity to venture out of his small little town and go to an insurance convention in the metropolis of... Cedar Rapids. So he's representing his insurance company, Brown Star Insurance, and his boss, uh, before he, he goes to this convention, gives him some advice. He gives him a list of people who he should hang out with and people who he should avoid. Uh, needless to say, though, when Tim gets out of his normal day-to-day -day environment and experiences some things he's never seen or done before, this movie gets pretty intense in a hurry. Um, it's kind of a mashup of some, some popular movies like The Hangover and Animal House, um, and even a movie from the 1980s called Something Wild, which starred Melanie Griffith. Um, it has both a kind of a, a funny comedic side as well as an uh, intense, dark, sinister side. Okay, I bet there are some risk management lessons hidden in the film somewhere. Well, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and, and from a risk and insurance perspective, it really, this movie, Cedar Rapids, really struck a few chords with me. Uh, one... We've talked a little bit on previous podcasts about uh, serious topics, sexual harassment and the Me Too movement. Um, and I've really been enlightened by some of my, my female colleagues that I work with who've shared some of the you know, harassment and bad experiences that they've had at meetings and conventions. I think maybe this is a topic for another podcast, but just you know, kind of thinking about how people behave outside of their normal day-to-day -day work environment when they go to meetings, uh, especially if alcohol is involved or things like that, things can go badly in a hurry. So that's that's one risk lesson. Uh, a second theme from Cedar Rapids is integrity and ethics. So Tim's character um, and his inner North Star are really put to the test in this movie. And without spoiling the ending, we'll just say that sticking true to your core values is something that really pays off in the end. And finally, this is a movie about an insurance salesman. How cool is that? Absolutely. I did some research about other movies related to risk and insurance, and it, it turns out that there are really many more than, than I realized. Uh, for example, Groundhog Day with Bill Murray. Uh, he's constantly running into the life insurance salesman on the street every day. Or Jim Carrey in that movie where he's living under the dome in Florida. I think it's called The Truman Show. Uh, another one, Along Came Polly, which featured a pretty good cameo from Philip Seymour Hoffman. So anyway, as you can see, it turns out that the insurance industry is actually pretty good fodder for the silver screen. 
Absolutely. And, and along came Polly uh, Ruben Pfeffer, who's a, the overly anxious risk manager, uh, is given some wonderful advice from his father, Irving, who says, it's not about what happened in the past or what you think might happen in the future. It's about the ride. And you know what? When you least expect it, something great might come along, something better than you even planned for. And that's uh, advice from Irving is, is something that we often talk about with our clients here at the Nonprofit Risk Management Center. Basically, in that film, Ruben learns this lesson that you can't control everything and that by relinquishing some control, your narrow perspective might actually expand allowing you to take advantage of new opportunities. Great lesson for risk uh, leaders in the nonprofit sector. So the next film I'm going to talk about, Derek, is the 2018 film Early Man. And this film was described on Wikipedia as a stop-motion animated historical sports comedy, which is a genre I'd never heard of. But the film follows a character by the name of Doug and his sidekick, a pet boar whose name is Hognob as they unite a tribe of primitive Stone Age Valley dwellers against Lord Newth and the Bronze Age city. The climactic scene in the film is an English football match pitting the ragtag Stone Age team against Lord Newth's team of soaring football superstars. Okay, Melanie, you've got me here. Um, my interest has peaked. I'm a huge fan of football or soccer, and of course everyone loves an underdog. Absolutely. Well, in the film, Doug discovers that although his ancestors actually invented football, the members of his tribe aren't the best football players. But Doug and Hognob meet a skilled footballer, a resident of the Bronze City whose name is Guna, and she agrees to coach the cavemen and help them win their match. Although she's a resident of Bronze Age City, her motivation to help the team is that she's resentful because of her sex, she's not eligible to play football with the Bronze Age team. And during an early coaching session, she explains that although the Bronze Age team is populated with star players, they're actually too egotistical to work together effectively. And she shows the Stone Age team that teamwork trumps talent in football and maybe in life too. Absolutely, Melanie. Having a solid team that works well together, i.e. teamwork, is always better. Sure. And that's the first lesson that leapt off the screen for me during Early Man. You know, although hiring superstar talent may be a goal of many nonprofit leaders and nonprofit organizations, it's ultimately how people work together that really leads to mission success. Yeah, any other lessons from the movie? Yeah, the other risk lesson from the film is something I remember from reading many years ago, uh, Reader's Digest. My parents had a subscription to Reader's Digest, and it was that uh, laughter is the best medicine. And it really wasn't until I found myself laughing out loud during this film, Early Man, that I realized that it had been far too long since my last belly laugh in a public setting, of all places. Um, pondering risk and reward in a nonprofit can be kind of serious business, but every once in a while it's, it's okay to laugh at the absurdity of an overcomplicated, overly complicated policy or even the surprise of a big fail. I'm also a fan of the Jurassic Park film series, and there are some great risk themes in those films, um, really beginning with the first one. So as our listeners may recall in that original film, John Hammond, who's the creator of Jurassic Park, implements some elaborate controls to keep his guests safe. But one greedy employee brings the entire system crashing down. 
And so the lesson is that overconfidence can be dangerous and complex controls sometimes create a sense, a false sense of security. So two of my favorite quotes from the film are, the first is from Dr. Ian Malcolm, and he says, John, the kind of control you're attempting simply is, it's not possible. If there is one thing the history of evolution has taught us, it's that life will not be contained. Life breaks free. It expands to new territories and crashes through barriers, painfully, maybe even dangerously. And then my second favorite quote from the film is from Dr. Ellie Sattler, who says, you never had control. That's the illusion. I was overwhelmed by the power of this place, but I made a mistake too. I didn't have enough respect for the power, and it's out now. Well, Melanie, so much is bound to happen in life and in the life of a nonprofit organization, and really controlling all risks is impossible. But I think what we've learned from some of the films today is that laughter is absolutely necessary. Sometimes you have to get out of your comfort zone, and sometimes you have to overcome fear and really go for it. I agree. So, uh, you know, I've been binge-watching The Office, which I talked about earlier, and realized that interspersed with all of the comedy moments in that show are also a ton of great risk lessons. So maybe we can circle back and do a podcast on risk lessons from The Office. Absolutely, Derek. And, and I learned something interesting today about The Office that um, I was speaking with a, a, one of our interns who told me that she's a huge fan of the show, even though working here at NRMC was her first time actually working in an office. So she couldn't relate to the to the stories, but she found it, it funny nonetheless. So I thought this is a show that appeals to all generations. So we'll definitely have to work on a podcast. Well, I'm not going to make any comparisons between you and Michael Scott. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Well, I look forward to that, that podcast on risk in the office, but I want to thank you and also our listeners for joining us for episode number one, season two of the Risk Jockeys. <laughs>